0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Patrick Allen here. Um, so I'm coming to you from Chicago here. It's a 1.46 a.m. on Monday morning. The Chiefs played just a few hours ago and beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, we're going to get you into the podcast in just a minute. Just kind of wanted to explain something. So we were recording tonight and um, did about an hour long podcast. And at the end, I noticed that we were in fact not recording anymore. It was somewhat strange that was frustrating. We started over. We're a little bit tired, but we wanted to make sure you guys had a podcast today. Uh, We recorded again, and then after I closed the Zoom down, I noticed that I did in fact hit record, but for some reason, Zoom stopped recording at somewhere around the 40-minute mark. So we recorded two podcasts for you tonight. What I've done is I've gone back and splice them together as best I can. I think it makes sense. So uh, when you hear us talking about Travis Kelsey, that's the very end of the, and him being a potential Hall of Famer, that's the end of the first podcast. And then it dropped off and then I will seamlessly splice it together and you'll hear the rest. But on the back end of the podcast, you may hear us make references to being really tired. And earlier tonight, we talked about X, Y, and Z, and that's because... Yeah, uh, yeah, something weird happened with the technology. Um, I am, in fact, going to go to bed now. So, you guys enjoy this podcast. Sorry for the hiccups, and uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Welcome to the
1: Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: What's up, Addicts? Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast post-game edition. I am joined, as always, by my co-host Matt Berteram. My name is Patrick Allen. Berteram, we, we predicted that this game would be kind of a breeze for the Chiefs. It wasn't. I was never, look, I was never really worried. I was a little bit nervous about the defense because they can be a little bit shaky sometimes, but at no point was I worried because we were playing Drew Locke and the Raiders. Or the, the Steelers. Okay, I just made the same mistake Travis Kelsey did. I actually
1: um, played the Broncos.
0: It <laughs> yeah, is uh, Broncos on his uh, Kelsey in his post game uh, interview. Also called the Broncos the Raiders. What? Is, what's just your quick initial reaction to this game?
1: Um, the red zone's killing this team. Uh, you know they, they and <laughs> killing is I guess a strong word. They're eleven and one. Um, it's it's been an Achilles heel for them. They've struggled in the red zone defense with a dead last in the NFL. Um, They were bad in there again tonight defensively. Offensively, they did finally break through on their last touchdown, but they were one of five. They just kept kicking field goals. And eventually that's going to cost you against a better team. Now to be fair, Denver's good in the red zone defensively. They're fourth in the league. And so, you know, that that was their game plan. It was bend, but don't break. And they, they largely executed that. But if you're the Chiefs, you have all those offensive weapons. You have to figure out a way to get in the end zone. And I thought it was for me, the story on the negative side was that, and it was the plays that came off the board, the Hill touchdown that should have been, that wasn't the Hill touchdown that was taken back on a penalty. I mean, that's 14 points. Like this game's not even a contest if they have those points. So those things on the flip side, the positive side, I will obviously get more into this. I, I thought, when they needed it, the defense really stepped up in the second half of the game. And, um, you know, offensively, I thought they had good balance. They ran the ball very well throughout the night, you know, and not just one big run to jack the average up, Like they ran the ball consistently. And Mahomes is Mahomes. Uh, and he easily could have gone over 400 yards. Again, those Hill plays, that one to Kelsey it was on third and 20, went right to his hands. So, um, listen, they're 11-1. They won the game, but they were not without uh, – mistakes and criticism that's coming.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of little things. Um, before we get into the game and breaking that down, I just want to talk a little bit about Chiefs Twitter. Now, normally, when the Chiefs have a game like this, I'm, I'm right there with everybody. Like, I, I think back to the game against the Panthers, the first game against the Raiders, where I, I was just really frustrated with them, and I was worried, and I was worried by about the early second quarter. And in this game, I was annoyed at them, but I wasn't worried. And it wasn't just because they were playing the Broncos and Drew Locke. It was because they were moving the ball. Like they were playing pretty damn well. They were moving the ball, they were going up and down the field. The Broncos weren't the only thing the Broncos did on defense, and I don't want to get too much into the game. I'm talking about Twitter here, but they batted a couple of passes down. They made a couple of plays at the line of scrimmage. Credit them, did a nice job. And I felt like immediately everybody on Twitter went into ah, they're this is this is bad. They're playing like crap. And I was like, I, are you watching the same game that I am? Like I'm watching a game where I'm like, ah, oh, that just went through his fingertips. Oh man, you know, just Mahomes just he just missed Hill. He had a guy in his face. Should have been a touchdown. I mean, Tyreek Hill caught a touchdown pass that didn't count. And everybody was kind of like, I don't know who to, who do we blame? Do we blame? Andy Reid for not throwing the flag and running the punt team out there too quick. I didn't see anybody talking about the refs who their job is to see if somebody catches the ball. I don't blame Tyree Hill. He, he was face down on the, in the turf. Do you think we're a little too quick to like go off the deep end in chief's kingdom on, at least on Twitter?
1: I think everybody is across the sport and just in life because we're just conditioned by these shows like, like first take that everybody's got to have the hottest opinion on earth. Look, Sometimes you're not going to believe this, that the other team, like they try and stuff too. Like they also want to win the game. Like, look, Denver sees the Chiefs all the time. Fangio's a good defensive coach. Now, did the Chiefs do some self inflicted things that cost them? Yes. But go watch a game anywhere else where a team doesn't do stuff like that. Like the Steelers beat the Ravens in one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life on Wednesday. Baltimore was without about 20 guys. The Steelers played like crap the entire game. They beat them. Like, who cares? right? Like ultimately, you walk out of there and they beat them. You know You know who cares today for the way they played Seattle? That's who cares? Because they lost. They lost a brutal game. Now, the Giants playing better, but it's a brutal game. they got to win that game. Colt McCoy is atrocious. And Seattle was not able to win that game. Kansas City, I think I think and look, I'm guilty of this, of this too. With Chief fans, because they're the champs, because of all the talent on this team, we just expect it. It's just going to be easy for them, and it's not always going to be easy. It's not. And I agree with you. I, I didn't think they played necessarily be- They just—they were just off, or they just—you know— or the hill thing happens, or they take a penalty at the wrong. T- I mean, that game in an alternate universe—it's not too much of an alternate universe. They could have won by twenty some odd points. Right. It happens. It's almost, in a weird way, a credit to them that they did all those things and they still won the game. Like That's how good they are. Do you know how many teams play like that and lose that game? Almost everybody, but they didn't. It, they found a way to win.
0: Yeah, and, and again, I'll just reemphasize, I don't think they played a bad game. I just think they had – sometimes these things come – particularly when you get down into the red zone, right? It just it comes down to a couple plays. And you end up with a field goal instead of a touchdown. And if you have a bad string of drives, which the Chiefs have had in the red zone, they've just had a, a bad run of luck where, you know, they just didn't get over the goal line, um, then then you can run into a little bit of trouble. You don't you don't generally win kicking four field goals in the NFL, but they're the Chiefs. They move the ball up and down the field. I'm sitting there watching the game going, this isn't like when the Raiders were stifling them and they just couldn't get anything going, there was a bunch of horrible self-inflicted wounds. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, that should have been a touchdown. That I, I will say the Tyree Hill touchdown it broke me. That bro- that put me in a bad mood more than anything else that happened in the game because I feel like obviously we wanted the, the, the points, but didn't it kind of like rob us of an absolutely unbelievable play? Sure, it did.
1: You know, and that's what you know. Going back to like the Twitter theory, it always cracks me up. Like, I saw so many people. and I really don't tweet during the games. I just think it's a bad idea. But there's so many people who are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter." It's like, bro, it's a touchdown in the NFL. Of course, it matters. It's seven points. If the Chiefs get that seven points, they cover that thirteen point spread. Like, of course, it matters. Are you kidding me? Like, it's seven points in the NFL. You know, like, it, <laughs> but that's kind of the bigger point. People just think, and Chief fans are guilty of this, and again, so am I, but there is this thought that it should just be easy, that it just shouldn't be a challenge, that anytime they're on the field, they should just dominate whoever they're playing. And I'm telling you right now, that is just not reality. Go look at the best teams in NFL history, the best ones. None of them dominate teams, especially in the salary cap era. You, know, you want to go back maybe to the 60s and 70s when teams were just, it was more like college football in terms of the parity, fine. You get into like the late 80s even and the cap started in 93. But you get, like teams don't just go out and dominate other teams, or even bad teams. It doesn't happen. So I think sometimes there does have to be the reality of like, look, you can be a little bit off. And if that team plays a good game and Denver by its standards played a good game, you're going to win. Or you're gonna have a hard, or excuse me. Or you're gonna have a hard time winning. Well, the Chiefs kind of muddled through the game. They won, and defensively, they drove me nuts sometimes on third down and what. They gave sixteen points. Like if they give up sixteen points, you're never losing,
0: and they didn't. Yeah, you know what I kept thinking about during this game is I I was thinking about the first half of the the game last week against Tampa Bay, and I was thinking about how just, I started getting nerdy and thinking about statistics and I was like, you know, they were so on fire in, in, against Tampa Bay. Like you're just, I mean, they're capable of doing that at any time, but that's not a stretch of football. Tyree Kill getting 200 yards receiving in a, in a quarter is completely right on one end of the spectrum of improbability. And then them having this bad stretch with Denver where they're moving the ball and then they're just not getting in the end zone is on the other end. You know, it's that whole thing. If you flip a coin 10 times, right, it should be 50-50. But but you could have a time where you flip it 10 times in a row and it's heads, and then if you keep flipping it long enough, if you flip it long enough, you could get 100 heads in a row, right, if you did it forever. It would happen, and it would still balance out to 50-50. So I just kind of felt like that was part of the reason why I was never worried. I was thinking about the universe and balance, and I was like, I mean, they were just like torched. They just torched Tampa, who is a much better team and a much better defense and a much better offense last week, and and now things are kind of evening out a little bit. But to your point, they're so damn good, and they have Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And they didn't do any like they didn't didn't you know have some terrible turnover or anything. They just didn't score touchdowns. Right. You know.
1: I just I think sometimes the threshold is so high with them. It's just if they don't go out and look like they did in the first quarter against the Bucks every game, the whole game, it's like, well, what's wrong with them? Well, I mean, nothing. They're eleven and one. Nothing's wrong with them. They're they're pretty effing good. I mean, I but you know, listen, that doesn't mean you can't criticize them. We've been killing them for weeks. They can't get a pass rush. Now, tonight I thought they actually did have a better pass rush, but a lot of that came with blitzing. They didn't sack lock in the game. Um, you know, that's something that still needs to be better, but I I Want to be fair, I thought they did get more pressure. Jones was in there a bunch. Clark had sometimes got pressure. Their blitzing was effective. Okay, so you got to be fair. Locke didn't play well in this game. I mean, you want to you really get down to brass tacks. I mean, Drew Locke sucked. Re- I mean, let's just let just call it what it is. Drew Locke was 15-28 to 28 yeah. for a buck 51, two touchdowns, two picks. He stunk. Drew Locke was awful. He made one throw on the first drive of the game, the fan, for whatever it was, 30, 35 yards. And he made the nice throw to Tim Patrick for the touchdown of the fade route. That was it. He was, he was downright atrocious the rest of the game. And the Chiefs picked him off twice. Could have had a couple more, I, I thought. They were pretty close. Kansas City was fine. The, run, the, the only play in that game defensively that really drove me up a wall was the, was the huge run by Gordon, a 65-yard run. I mean, you're, if you're the Chiefs, you just cannot give that play up. Like, you, yeah. you have them 90 yards to go. You can't give up a 65-yard run. I'll live with ten yards. You can't give up. What is the equivalent of a deep ball down the field? There, you just can't. Somebody's. You've got to be in position there. They weren't. But other than that play, I mean, let's let's call it what it was. I mean, other than that play, my God, Denver didn't crack three hundred yards in the game. So, I thought the defense was better. Yes, they can get better uh, from here still, but overall. I thought the Chiefs – I mean, yards per play, Denver was 5.4. Kansas City was 7.1. That's a huge spread. You know, 5.4 yards per play. If the Chiefs did that all year long, they'd be around 13th in the league. So, they, they were fine. I, You know, they, they, they deserve credit in my book for in the fourth quarter, they didn't let Denver do anything. And that was when Denver had to do it, and they couldn't.
0: All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to do an early break, and we will be back, and we'll break this sucker down. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Okay, we are back. All right, so let's get into the game a little bit more in detail. Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-16. They clinch a playoff spot. That's awesome. Let's, Let's not let that go uncelebrated. Clinching a playoff spot well before Christmas, always good. Always a good thing not something we're particularly accustomed to around these parts. So um, we're getting accustomed to it, but this is uh this is early even, even by Patrick Mahomes standards. So hats off to Kansas city. So our score predictions again, Chiefs win 22, 16. You had it chiefs, 34 Broncos, 16. So hats off to you. You nailed the Broncos score. Exactly. Uh, I had it, chiefs, 35 Broncos, 17. I was off by a point i got to be honest with you. If the Chiefs, they get the couple of those touchdowns that they left on the field, we're looking pretty good on our score predictions here. We're about right on.
1: I mean, listen, you know, and that's the difference in the NFL. They had a couple chances to really put Denver down for the count, and they didn't, and they had to really fight and scratch and claw. But, you know, they, they had four – like, this is the other thing with the Chiefs. People act like they were some awful offense. They were bad in the red zone. They had 447 yards of offense. Right? Like, you, like, that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable. And if Hill's such an account, they had 500. Right? So, like, people act like, well, I, I can't believe they were, they, were, they were just so mediocre. Look, they weren't good in the red zone. And let's just get this out of the way right now. I always, Whenever I watch a game, I'm usually on the phone with my dad. Okay? We were talking throughout the game. The bottom line with the Chiefs, when they get down in goal-to-go situations, they have two things working against them. There's not a lot of space, so by by proxy, you're gonna have it's easier to double guys and whatnot because you have more defenders in a smaller area. And the Chiefs are not a power running team. I hate to break it to people, and you actually said this on Twitter, and you were spot on with this. So many people get annoyed when the Chiefs run some cutesy play and it doesn't work, and they're like, "I can't believe we're getting cute." I got news for you, it works all the time. Like You yeah. have to live with it when it doesn't work sometimes. That's the way it goes. It's not 100%. And, oh, by the way, I've, I also have another bit of news. If the Chiefs on third and one there at the goal line, the early part of the game with Bell. If they run the ball into the line, I guarantee you he doesn't score. They, they can't get a push. They're not built to do that. They're built to be an athletic offensive line, a pass-blocking line. They are not built like the Raiders, who are built to road grade. They're, that's not who they are, which is fine. They have Mahomes. They should be a pass blocking, athletic offensive line. But like, you can't look. If you're if you're somebody who goes to the gym, think of it this way: you go to the gym, and your best workout routine is your is your chest and arms day, okay? And you're going in there, and you're putting up three hundred on the bench, and you're curling sixty, okay? But maybe you haven't gotten to the point yet where your quads are as strong as you're like, well. I don't expect you to leg press 700 pounds. Like, your legs are going to snap in half. It's just the way it is, right? So, sometimes there does have to be a realization of, yeah, look, you know what? The Chiefs, third and goal at the one. Like, even though you think because they're great offensively it would be easy, it's not a strong suit for them. It's not. Like, they're. Be- now, I-, I wasn't in love with the play call because I just thought it took too long to develop. I don't mind the Chiefs running a straight-up jet sweep there or rolling Mahomes out. Like, fine. I don't, I don't mind it because I know if they run power, they're going to get stuffed. They're not built to do it.
0: Remember the week one, Clyde edwards E'Laire, like running in, they tried to, to run it in right in the goal line. They couldn't do it. You're absolutely right. Remember it, the that, Super
1: Bowl where they ran yeah. Rose Bowl? Parade because they knew that if they had to try to run conventionally for a yard, they had yeah. no shot to do it. So they had four guys spinning in the backfield. I mean, it's just, look. And everybody would have gone crazy if that didn't work. But guess what? It did work. And they score on the next that Sometimes you have to just live with that. That's the way they are. They're not going to be perfect at everything. It's fine. They're better off being an athletic pass-blocking line, but they're not going to run power successfully all the time.
0: They're much more equipped to score from the 20 or the 15 than they are from the yeah, 5. It's are. just the way it is. And, and and when they get down to the goal line, they've got Patrick Mahomes who's ridiculous and can do things with the football that nobody else can. And so he, a lot of times when they score down there in the red zone, they're, he's just rolling out, and it's just playground shit. Like, he's just rolling out, and he's going to flip the ball in some absurd angle, and they're going to score. And that's why I tweeted that. And, and, and I didn't get ratioed. Most people agreed with me. It got a lot of likes. But a lot of people, you know, of course, because they're, they're mad, and they're stressed out about the game, and they're jumping in there. And, oh, that's, if they were a foot away, just run up the middle. You'll score. And I'm like, listen, man, you guys aren't complaining when they do some, like when when Mahomes goes in motion, and they shovel it to Kelsey with all this misdirection, and they score with these things. I don't hear anybody saying, well, yeah, we scored that touchdown, but they got a little cute. That's not always going to work. We need to just be able to run it on the goal line. Nobody says anything, and and it sure is are sitting here. If they ran that ball up the middle three times or they ran it up the middle three times and then they try to fade and it didn't work out and they didn't score, they had all been like, well, that was imaginative play calling. That's what you would have been getting from everybody.
1: Yeah, and look – you can't criticize the result if you're normally fine with the process. Like it's it's not it's not as though Andy Reid's sitting there going, you know what I think it would be great if we lose five yards here. Like they are trying to get the ball into the end zone, and Andy and I guarantee you they were they had that play in down there for a reason. They saw something either from the defensive end or from a corner they thought they could push out of the zone, and it didn't work. The, the Broncos defended it well, and again. I'll be the first to say I wasn't a fan of the play call, not because they ran it outside or anything like that. I I would have been fine with the jet sweep. I just thought it took too long, kind of had hill circle back. It gave the, because when you're down there, I do believe you, you got to be quick to the point because there's just too many guys in every area. You've got to just hit it and hit it hard. But ultimately, you just you can't go crazy that they can't do every single thing. Like you know what, Pittsburgh's undefeated. Roethlisberger throws a helium ball every time it's more than 15 yards down the field, but it doesn't matter because they're winning. Like it's just like, now if you want to make the argument that it's going to matter in January, fine, make that argument. But you can't get annoyed that they're not great at every single thing. They're not going to be go. I defy anybody to find me one offensive line that's great at power. That's a really athletic, smaller, faster offensive. You're just not going to find that team. Maybe once in a blue moon, not consistently doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, they they did fine. They eventually got in the end zone, and as we've documented already, they scored a touchdown that, they, that, that the refs just missed that they scored it. So, yeah, it wouldn't even have been as stressful as it was with those. Um, I want to talk about speaking of Tyreek Hill, I want to talk about the play where it got wiped out by the holding penalty, which it was it was annoying, but he was holding them. He held it on the ball too long. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate, uh, but. Do you think that he'll stopping turning around standing there trying and failing again to do a backflip? Yeah. Do you think he's going a little bit too far with with the showboating? Look,
1: I don't personally care, but I do think when you've struggled all night to, like to get going, maybe just walk in the end zone there a little bit. Like I, you know, there was by the way, I, there was a play with him as well down. It wasn't the play we were just talking about, but it was another play where they, I can't remember if it was on a pass or and he circled back or he was in like the five-yard line and he and he threw up the peace sign and then immediately got shoved out of bounds. And you're like, come on, man. If you had no chance of scoring a touchdown, that's a it. Score. Again, I'm going to go back to what I just said about you can't bitch about the third and one calls. This is who they are. They are an in-your-face Dragging across, you know, drag you across the goal line and tell you about a type of team that Hill's got swagger for days. Kelsey has reined it in, but he's got. I mean, Clark. Nobody talks more crap than Frank Clark. Chris Jones. The Chiefs are a very bombastic, stop me or shut up type of team, and I don't mind it. I think that's who they are. I do think, however, listen, there's a time and a place a little bit for that. Like maybe rein it in a touch. Um, but I don't, I don't mind it. I, you know, I, I think the NFL in general with these, these penalties, and they ended up picking up the flag, but like, come on, they are grown men. I mean, if he wants to flip in the ends up fine, like whatever, it's not like he drop kicked some guy and did it. Like, I, I don't, I don't have an issue by the way. Uh, speaking of the officials, good thing. Butker hit that field goal at the end. Cause the delay of game when there was still a second on the, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like it was terrible. What? How the hell do you call that? Awful
0: there call. There was still
1: a second. Like, I can honestly say, Patrick, I've watched football 27 years. I can't think of ever seeing that before.
0: Nope. nope.
1: I mean, you see it all the time where the clock is zero and they give you a beat to snap the ball. There was clear as day one second on the clock and they called it for the lay of game. Yeah. I, that, was, that was unbelievable. That could have been a season-changing thing. If Butker misses that field goal – Denver gets the ball at the 38-yard line. Like right. that could have been a huge, huge play. And I, you know, it didn't matter because of Bucker hitting the extra, but man, that um I just wanted to bring that up because that was that'll get forgotten in time, but man, that was rough. That
0: was a that was a bad call. There were a couple other ticky tack calls. The, picking up the flag, and I was, to put a bow on hill. I, I love it. I, I think these guys should be allowed to show their personalities. I just don't want it to come back and hurt the team. So when they threw the flag, I was like, did he go too far? Was it – they had a discussion about it because, like, he <laughs> he wasn't taunting anybody. He was just showboating. Like, he wasn't – it wasn't like – that's what they throw, usually throw the flag for is right. unsportsmanlike conduct taunting. But he didn't do anything. They're allowed to celebrate now. He was still – <laughs> he was still pl- in the field of play too. It was actually, I, w- I wish we could hear the conversation that the official said, cause I'd be interested to hear like what they talked about. Like, can, 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 you, I guess you can taunt while you're still on the field of play. You don't you usually have a lot of time to do that. Um, but we've seen guys running for, for touchdowns and doing a taunt, but that was an interesting one. And I would like to get clarification from the NFL. If Tyreek Hill is allowed to stop and stand there for 10 minutes, if the Broncos aren't going to tackle him, Like, why does he have to go in the end zone? If he decides he wants to go in backwards or upside down, I'm okay with that. Just as long as it's not going to be a penalty. I
1: I don't care. Like, to me, whatever, man. You know what? If you're Denver, stop him. I I mean, yeah. I just – I don't care. You know, know, listen, and I remember when the Broncos were busy winning division titles and winning the Super Bowl, and the Broncos had no problem. That defense would show you up all game long. So, I mean, I remember – to leave ripping the chain off Crabtree. That one guy. I mean, so. That was
0: hilarious. That was it, hilarious. Those are the funniest things that I've ever I seen mean, in the NFL.
1: I don't know if we have to believe this or whatever. That was basically Keith Toledo telling Michael Crabtree was a bitch. I mean, just straight <laughs> up. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You just don't Snacks see that on an NFL field. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, but you know, listen, like, these guys, these are high stakes, man. Like, these, this is their careers or livelihood. I'll never forget. Now, I'm not going to get off on a side tangent here, but, like, I covered the American Hockey League, which is basically AAA hockey for a couple of years when I worked in Binghamton, New York. And uh, Kevin uh, Luke Richardson, who is the head coach, great guy, played 21 years as a defenseman in the NHL. Hell of a career. And they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. They are a good team. They made the playoffs that year. They, they lost some game up in, like, Lehigh. But they should have never lost. Anyway, I'm standing outside the locker room. I'm waiting to talk to some of the players, talk to him. He comes out clearly, though not ready to talk, just venting. He's furious. And he actually walked up to me and he said, You know, Verderam, people think these are just games, this is their effing jobs. And some guys are going to get fired after this game. And he walked back in the locker room and it just really struck me. I was like 22 years old, I never thought about sports really in those terms. And I thought, I'm like, he's right, man. Like, they're, some guys are going to lose their jobs over this game. And they did, like I remember, they, they sent down two guys. That was pretty much it. That was a career. And like, so when you're looking at these games with Denver, that, you know, like Denver's not good. But like, even if they're not, even if some of these guys are going to be gone after this year. They're, they're they're trying to put on good tape elsewhere. Um, and if they make a play, they're going to celebrate. Like I don't have a problem with Tyree doing It. He made a play. He's he's earning that huge contract he got. And if Denver doesn't like it, and to be fair, they didn't bitch about it, but if they don't like it, stop him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about our incredible quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Another great oh, game yeah. from him. I mean, he, you know, they didn't get in the end zone, but 25 of 40, 318 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I think he's now at 31 touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how fast ESPN updates their 30, stats. 34. Right. Is it thirty-four? I look, when I looked at at the ESPN, it was th- I could, it, maybe it's not up to date. No, but. Maybe
1: you're right. Yeah, thirty you're
0: thirty-one. He's at thirty-one. Thirty-one. Two touch. Two interceptions. He's not bad. It's how many games do they have left? Four? Five? Four. Four games. He has two interceptions. He's. I don't know, I, I, I wish I had his stats pulled up right now. I don't know how many times he's throwing the ball, but it's a lot. He's throwing the ball a lot. To only have two interceptions at this point in the season is absolutely incredible. It's I mean, four hundred
1: and sixty-three times. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's got two picks. Uh,
0: that's incredible. That's he's just unbelievable. And this was a game that they struggled a little bit. He probably should have had three touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, do you think he can pull this off and go the rest of the season without throwing another pick? I'm going to knock on. No, here.
1: I mean, odds are I'll throw another. I'll tell you though, man, like. <laughs> How many times did he throw from a different arm angle in this game? Yeah. Or like behind him when he was running? The, I mean, that, the last throw he made to Kelsey was just un, insane.
0: That's, they didn't get the first down, but it was ridiculous. Like,
1: How the hell did he even throw that?
0: I, it, was, the, it was like he what's popped amazing, his arm out of the socket.
1: What's amazing when he does that is how accurate he is. Yeah. This just hit some guys straight in the numbers. You're like, unbelievable. I, it's unbelievable. It's got to be infuriating to play him. You can do every single thing right. doesn't matter. Makes no – he'll pick it up on his, with his legs. He'll find a way. He'll slide out. It's just – it's it's incredible. Um, but another 300-plus yard game. He's over 3,800 yards. He's leading the NFL. He's probably going to hit 5,000. Um, not a showing, in but it's certainly on pace. You watch him, and it's just – it cannot be taken for granted. He is the best player on earth. Period. End of story. He is dominant beyond – he is Michael Jordan levels dominant. I mean, it is incredible. And that's why when people worry, and look, I try to be critical, I try to be honest, but when people worry about all this little stuff with them, why, well, you know, they, they didn't execute this or I just say, okay, but ultimately, when it all comes down to it, whether it's Denver, Miami next week, Pittsburgh in the playoffs, they see each other, can you stop Mahomes? Can you stop Mahomes, not in the first quarter, not on some drive before half, can you stop Mahomes when the chips are down? And if the answer to that question is no, your ass is going home. I don't care who you are, what scheme you play, how you... Look at the Niners last year. The Niners played about as perfect a defensive game against them as you're ever going to see for 53 minutes. And then they ran out of gas. And he made an unbelievable play on Wasp. He made a beautiful throw to Watkins on the next drive. And the confetti's coming down. And they won by 11 points. Like, it's just you. Need, and it's the same thing with Jordan. Jordan, all those, like, there were times where, like, they had have 10 points in the first half. Okay. But can you stop Jordan in the final eight minutes? Can you get a stop? Probably not. And that's why you're going to lose. And Mahomes tonight in his game, like, the Broncos – Yes, effectively, finally stopped. But they whipped off five minutes at the end of the game. Denver was up uh, up against it late. On the drive before, the, the Chiefs need to score. They go in the end zone. Like, it's just – you can't stop him. He makes too many plays, and he did it again
0: tonight. He's absolutely incredible. And now he's going up to the line, and you're seeing him – you, know, you always get these clowns who will pop on on Twitter and say, he's a system quarterback if you didn't have Andy Reid – Man, that dude's walking up the line. He's reading defenses. He's changing plays and then changing them back based on the things that he's seeing. He did that in this game. And he's, he's going through his reads. You see him go through three, four reads. I mean, this is not – yeah, is he a perfect marriage with, with Reed? Absolutely. He's, he's absolutely incredible. All right, listen, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the defense. We'll put a bow on this game. And we've got some fan questions. You guys have some things to say about pineapple pizza. We're going to get into it. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. All right, we are back. Okay, before we move on and put a bow on this thing, let's talk. Actually, before we talk about the defense, Travis Kelsey, bro, again, again, eight receptions, one hundred and thirty-six yards, a touchdown, and he becomes the the first receiver to. To have a 1,000-yard season, is it four seasons in a row now? Uh, five. Five. Wow. Five. Yeah. And we've been talking about him on the show. He's he's right up there with – we're going to have to do the math this week to see where he's at as far as receiving goes. But he's he, he's probably gaining – he's gained on Tyree Kill a little bit. These guys were number one and number two in the NFL coming into this week in receiving yep. yards. Absolutely. That's, that's bananas. Um I think he's making a big push for – I know sometimes they do the the, uh, MVP. If if Mahomes wins the MVP, is he also Offensive Player of the Year? Should they give that to somebody else? Can you see Kelsey pulling that off?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. By the way, Metcalf has 11-19 for Seattle. He came into the week leading. I'm just doing math real quick. Kelsey is at 11-14. He's five yards behind DK Metcalf. Which really is just absurd. Like when you factor in that he's splitting all these targets with Hill and he's a tight end, like what? That's insane. Yeah. It's impossible to have that amount of yards. So, And he's got eight touchdowns, by the way. It's the top 10 in the league. Um, and he, here, are, here are Travis Kelsey's numbers since the beginning of uh, November. Eight catches, 109 yards touchdown. Ten catches, 159 yards. Eight catches, 127 yards, touchdown. Eight catches on eight targets, 82 yards. Eight catches, 136 yards, touchdown. He's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, he's having a, pretty, a good. pretty damn good season. And by the way, two <laughs> things with Travis Kelsey tonight that were hilarious. One, I forget who the defender was, the stiff arm he laid on that guy. Oh, my God. Quarter. That
0: man's dead. He's gone. Soul's gone. I saw his that soul man, his body.
1: They, they had a funeral for him after the game. I mean, it was, it was it unbelievable.
0: Like, it looked like he it looked like he had stiff armed a toddler.
1: It looked like he stiff armed. <laughs> really, like if my daughter tried to tackle him, and I think Maisie okay. actually might have put up a better fight. Like that was unbelievable. <laughs> it was he a threw swat. that dude straight into the ground. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was. I saw DK Metcalf stiff arm a guy today, just drove his head into the ground. Was I saw it. He and he's a monster, right? And this this stiff arm by Kelsey was easily two times more brutal than the one that DK met. It was because so
1: embarrassing.
0: I, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't just that, like, you know, on the, on the DK Metcalf one, if you saw it, he, he stiff-arms the guy straight to hell, but, like, he does get tackled. Like, it causes him to fall over. The
1: guy actually made yeah. the tackle.
0: Yeah. yeah. Kelsey stiff-armed that guy so bad, it looked like a cartoon. You know how sometimes people on the internet will take somebody who gets pushed and then they'll edit it and then they have them float into like space and like, yes. you know, past Arrowhead Stadium and all these things. Someone's got to do that with that because that's remind- it was like real life.
1: And I don't know, people may not remember this. It reminded me of when Kelsey in tw- years ago they played Seattle at home. It was like 2014. And Kelsey just destroyed, I think it was Earl Thomas, might have been Camp Chance, one of the safeties. On a, it was a block. Jamal Charles was running the ball. And, and somebody on Twitter put it to, like, Jim Ross, WWE, like that. Oh, no, he's killed him. Good God almighty. I, it, right. That was reminiscent of that. And by the way, Charles Robinson at Yahoo, who's terrific, pointed out on that play, Mahomes, one of the signals he called out was Helen Keller. Like, somebody has to find oh. out. And, I, and I, will, I will try to find out. Like, what, what in, in the heck is that about? That's, that's hysterical. They they call out Helen Keller and then Kelsey just destroys the guy. I mean, and then after the game, it had to be a mistake. But during the interview with Michelle defoy he was like, "Hey, hats off to the Raiders today. They played a great game." <laughs> like, I'm sure he meant the Broncos, but it's still hilarious. Like,
0: yeah, at- he did say he did say Raiders, and then Mahomes snuck up behind him and and, and and poured two bottles of water down his back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I am sure he meant the Broncos but it's funnier if we just assume that he actually meant the Raiders and was trolling them for the game they played against the
0: Jazz. Sorry, I've been looking at the replay trying to figure out who this guy is on the on the Broncos that got humiliated. Number 33 Hauser. 33.
1: I'll I'll figure it out cuz I, I remember it was like a DB I, I was not familiar with, but it was it was he, incredible. It's one of the funniest things I've ever
0: seen. He what's so great about it is he's on Kelsey's right side. I'm kind of slow-moing it here. And they're at about the 1918 about the 17 yard line, and Kelsey takes his right arm and <laughs> it just throws throws the guy around him, and the dude ends up at about the <laughs> 12 yard line, and not only on the 12 yard line, but on the other side of Kelsey from where he was when he tried to tackle him. Just absolutely humiliating. He doesn't even he does he just kind of stands up and. <laughs>
1: It's one of the more disrespectful things I've seen. It really, it's an incredible, like, it was just like, you get away from me, get off me.
0: Yeah, it was uh, fantastic.
1: By the way, they don't even have a number 33 on the roster for them (laughs) on ESPN, which means he actually might have killed this man. He's
0: gone. They expunged (laughs) him. He got cut. He got cut before the game was over, and they expunged him from the roster. Um that's incredible. Uh,
1: am I, am I absolutely an insane stiff one. But <laughs> it, anyway, yeah. Now, Kelsey, look. Kelsey is 31 years old, and he's having the best year of his career. Um, by the way, the, the player, I, I believe, is Elijah Holder. Who Holder. Is not, who's listed as 49, but I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 100% sure that's who he is. Um, okay. Not that I'm sure he's looking to get – Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely – yeah, I got a nice good shot of it now. Somebody took a still of it. Yeah. Um, See, he's wearing 33, though. Yes, man. I'll tell you what, though. I'm, I'm guessing he, he's not looking for credit for that play.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the defense really quickly before we wrap up this game. They didn't get any sacks. This is the big thing for me. Look, they held these guys to 16 points. They did their job, particularly in the second half. They gave up the big run to Melvin Gordon which was frustrating. You can't do that, especially against this team, because you, you know that Drew Locke's not going to beat, right? He's not going to go up and down the field, heaving the ball over the place. He'll try, but it's not going to work out, right? The Broncos need to run the ball to be successful and win. They need to eat the clock. They did that for a large part of the game. That run was disappointing, but but, but let's talk about the sacks. What's going on with Frank Clark and Chris Jones on, on getting to the quarterback? I mean, you talk about witness protection.
1: Uh, look, I- They need to be better, okay? Between the two of them, they're earning $190 bucks. They have to be better. They need more. Like Frank Clark and Chris Jones are two phenomenal players, and neither one of them is playing like it right now. Now, I will say this. I want to be fair. I thought Jones tonight made his impact felt throughout the game. He got a lot of interior pressure. He was blowing plays up, and that stuff may not be a sack, but it matters, okay? You talked about it on on the podcast that no one will ever hear. Uh, he, he got a pass knocked down. So did Clark. I thought Clark was very good against the run tonight, but let's be frank. They're not paying Clark to be great against her. I mean, sure. That's part of it. They're paying him to get to the quarterback and create negative plays. The chiefs are dead last in tackles for loss. Okay. They're in the bottom third of the league in sacks. Now the pressure rate is in the top 10, which matters. I'm not going to poo poo that, but they're also blitzing a lot. So they better be in the top 10. um, that stuff's going to matter when you play in the playoffs. Now, I've been wanting to say, well, are the Chiefs kind of laying in the weeds a little bit? Are they not as motivated? I-, I don't know, but you know what? I'm to the point, you know what? Motivate yourselves. Like, if that's the problem, figure it out. I don't know that that is the problem. It's just one theory. But I, I do think, look, they got pressure tonight. They did a better job. They affected the lock in the game. Lock went for 5.4 yards in an attempt just hideous. Um, they picked them off twice. So the pressure was there. I thought the Blitzes got home. But they need more from those guys. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Neither one of them has a sack since Carolina game. But come on. You're getting paid a fortune. They're not, they're not paying you to get close. You're not Alex Okafor. If Alex Okafor gets close, sign me up. Like, Frank Clark needs to, needs to get there. Chris Jones needs to get there. I did think they played better tonight than they had in the previous couple of games. But, look, they need more. They need. There's no doubt about it. If you want to nitpick and talk about the flaws of an 11-1 team, that's one of them. The other thing to me was the red zone tonight again. They weren't good in the red zone. Two trips, two touchdowns. Guess who's dead last in red zone defense this year? Kansas City. It's got to stop. Those are two things right now I'm focused on. Got to be better in the red zone. Got to get more sacks.
0: Yeah, and they're going to need to be good in the red zone when they play a team like the Saints. Who They get
1: in the red zone.
0: Yeah, they get in the red zone and they've got – uh, Drew Brees might be back for that game, but if he's not, you've got Taysom Hill. you got to deal with Alvin Kamara. It's a problem down there. So, all right, let's get to earning their arrowheads. Mine is going to go to Tyron Matthew. Seven tackles, two pass defenses, the tackle for a loss, and the interception to seal the game. The landlord is collecting rent. He's doing a tremendous job. Really stepped up and helped lead this team to victory in the second half when they really needed to make some plays on defense. They got the job done. How about you, Vertorim?
1: Uh, no, I I got Butker five for five and field goals. And again, really like six for six since the the officials decided that the play clock now goes to 39 seconds, not 40. Um, he's not missed a a kick nor has he come close to missing a kick since the bye week. We talked about that ad nauseum. And I said, going to the bye week, look, if this doesn't stop, they're going to have to bring somebody else in. Like they have to do something. It has stopped. He has been perfect. And most of his kicks are right down the middle. That's a huge relief. That's going to matter in the playoffs. There is going to come a game. He is going to need to make some kicks, and he's doing it right now. He looks like Harrison Bucker, so that's huge. The other one to me is Darrell Williams. You know what? He only had 43 yards in the game, 38 yards rushing on six carries, one catch, five yards. Daryl Williams did everything they needed him to do. He caught the ball on, on a one tough catch, uh, the one target he had. He did He did a nice job running the ball in the fourth quarter when they needed to pound the ball. He did so. He didn't fumble. And, look, I get it. Like, it's not sexy. It's not 100 yards. It's not a whole bunch of bells and whistles, but I don't care. That's not his role. Darryl Williams tonight executed his role perfectly. And they needed him a little bit more because Clyde Edwards-Alaire couldn't play. He had the stomach issue. lost some weight. Sounds like the flu. The Chiefs did their job late in the game, and Darryl Williams was a big part of that. So, for me – those are a couple guys that I look at. And I thought the offensive line, by and large, played pretty well tonight. You know, Denver brought some pressure or whatever. You got Mahomes got sacked the one time. I thought overall, especially – look, they're down Schwartz. Like, it, it matters. The guy's an all-pro lineman. I, I thought they did a nice job. I, I, I would give them collectively an arrowhead because I thought they kept Mahomes relatively clean. Again, let's see what you want about Denver. Denver's got a good front. They, and Fangio can coach defense. I, I thought they did well up front.
0: And I don't think we mentioned this when we talked about Travis Kelsey, who obviously was spectacular. He became the first tight end in the history of the league to have five consecutive 1,000 yard seasons. That's bananas. He's incredible. Okay. We're going to take our last break. When we get back, we're going to do fan questions. We're going to talk pineapple pizza. Find out what you guys think about that. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. All right, we are back. Let's dive into these fan questions. Okay. The first one, comes from Jalen Butler from Connecticut. Uh, Jalen says, uh, I've got two questions. The first one is, are you, are you the guys that write the articles on the Arrowhead Attic app? We are not. Matt and I both used to to be the editors over at Arrowhead Attic. We uh, have since moved on to other roles in Vansat. So we are just your humble podcasters, but Matt Connor leads the team over at Arrowhead Attic. He writes a lot of those articles and so do a ton of the other writers. So check it out. Um, They're fantastic. Leave them some comments. Let them know how awesome they are. They do a tremendous job covering the Chiefs from from front to back. We only visit you guys a couple times a week. They're in there every day cranking out articles, so don't miss it. Um, Okay, so so Jalen wants to know, his second question is, do you think Mahomes can pass Brady in Super Bowl ranks before he retires?
1: No, because the numbers are so high. We have to get to seven. You're asking a lot, man. Like let's say he plays fifteen more years, right? He plays to forty. It's like one on one every year. Or every other year, excuse me. That's just it's so hard. It's so hard. And even Brady's crazy was let's it's crazy. He is. He had some luck. D Ford's not all sides. There, poof, there's one ring. Okay. If if the Seahawks aren't the dumbest team on earth and Marshawn Lynch just runs the ball from three feet out, like there's a poof, another ring. The Falcons, twenty-eight to three poof, there's half his ranks, right? Like, if those three things go another way, and they let's face it, probabilities as they all should have, uh, Brady hasn't won a Super Bowl in 17 years, right? And and so I don't think so. Now, I will say this. I don't know that that means that that's the end of the GOAT talk. It doesn't have to be. Jordan doesn't have as many titles as Bill Russell. Who cares? He's the best player of all time, right? If Mahomes gets to, like, four I think you're probably at the point where you can start having that conversation. And I'll, and I'll go one further. Now, There's a lot of ifs connected to this scenario. But if Kansas City were to win the Super Bowl this year, no team's ever three-peated. If the Chiefs are somehow able to do that, that's a capstone moment for Mahomes. That's something that nobody's ever done before. Now, they got a long way to go. they, got, they only got one of the three here. But they're favorites for the second one. And I'll tell you right now, uh, they're going to be favorites next year too. So they're going to have a shot. Nobody's ever done it. Could they do it? They got as good a shot as anybody.
0: Yeah, I really just don't think you can can even start talking about it until he gets to maybe three. And, I mean, we'll have to see. If they win this year, he's certainly on, on, on track. But what Brady has done, he's playing forever, is just absolutely incredible. And you're right. There There were a few that he, he just won by the skin of his teeth. And look at other great quarterbacks. I mean, what? Manning finished with 2, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, Manning got finished it. with 2. Yeah, Mar- Marino never got one. You got uh some other great quarterbacks, Jim Kelly, right? Um some really really yeah. good Elway quarterbacks.
1: Oh, through the last two years of his career.
0: Right, all way the last two years of his career. If if I had told you after Aaron Rodgers won his first Super Bowl that we'd be sitting here in the year 2020, about to be 2021 and he'd still only have one, would you have bought it?
1: No, only not the one never got back. Yeah. Never got back. Um, Russell Wilson, one got to two, right? Brett Favre, one got to two. It is is hard. It is so hard. I I just think probability says, uh, no, he won't get to seven. If he does, uh, sign me up. I will be a very happy individual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Uh, And the last part, as as we were asking for comments on pineapple pizza from Jalen, he says, pineapple pizza is amazing. I actually order it sometimes when I'm out. The Hawaiian pizza with pineapple and ham is great. Not my favorite, but good. Virum, how, how are you handling this news that Jalen likes pineapple pizza? Jalen, I,
1: I respect you and I thank you for listening. Your take is an atrocity. Uh, pineapple <laughs> pizza is, a, is just an absolute disaster of a food. Um, I say this as as someone who takes my Italian roots seriously and believes that this is an absolute attack and an assault on who I am as a human being. <laughs> um, that said, I thank you for listening. And I also offer this. You're from Connecticut. I am also a Northeaster from New York. Um, I have a, a family cottage up uh, my parents on it, uh, my, my dad's side, um, up in Willimantic. I don't know if you're familiar with that area at all. Uh, about, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes outside Hartford. Wonderful area. I love going there in the summers. Um, there's a place up there, Munson's Chocolate. That is the best chocolate in the world, bar none. Instead of spending money on that damn pizza with, with fruit on it, go get some Munson's Chocolates. It's incredible. If you, I'm sure you living in Connecticut. I'm sure you already know that, but make that investment. Do the right thing. And also, by the way, my God, petition the state to get the highways above 50-mile-an-hour speed limits. What is going on up there? Like, I'm sick of having to go 20 miles. It takes me 30 minutes. But let's go with this. I want to go somewhere, and I want to go somewhere fast.
0: Better or worse than driving through New Jersey?
1: A better. I mean, people in New Jersey are animals. Okay? And I, and I say this, by the way, all my family from Jersey, including my parents. Uh, also, Jersey's got this thing where you can't make a damn left turn if you're familiar with this, they have these things called jug handles. So if you come to a light in New Jersey, now this is not rural area, but like city type areas. If you come to a light in Jersey, you're not allowed to make a left. So you've got to go in what's called a little jug handle. It looks like a little jug handle to the right. You go on like this little ramp, you come around and it puts you basically like catty corner. And then you go through straight there. How dumb is that? And other thing with new jersey that's that's a disgrace you they don't even trust you to pump your own gas right now like okay it's it's convenient in the winter you don't have to get out of your car but they make these poor bastards freeze to death pumping your gas because you're some elitist you can't get out of the car get out of your car and pump gas
0: what the hell is wrong with you you seen jersey shore you want you want to trust those people with a gas pump
1: i gotta tell you i'm ashamed of this i've seen every episode of it uh (laughs) in, in college we uh, tied a few on watching Jersey Shore. And uh, no, no, I do, I, do, I do not trust those people, but I trust the common – I mean, those people, let's face it, their IQ is uh, is not high. I would trust a normal person. I have a cousin who's from Jersey who came to New York once, right after she got her license. She called me because she didn't know how to pump gas. <laughs> I left her there. I was like, yeah. you figure it out. Are you kidding me? Like, press a button. It's a, a, a absolute sham of, of a state.
0: You know something I just learned recently that y- you're probably gonna think it is hilarious and in- insane. So look, I you know I lived in New York City for ten years. I had a, a car when I was in high school after I turned sixteen, and then I sold it right after I turned twenty two, and I moved to New York. And since then, I've only ever used rental cars or, or taken Ubers. My wife and I just recently bought a car, and. Whenever we get a rental car, I'd always be like, God damn it. like we'd pull into the gas station, I'd pull up to the pump, and I'd be like, which side is the goddamn pump on? And then or the or the gas cap, you know, and I would get out and look, and then I would have to like turn around. Yeah, you right. know, there's an arrow on your uh, on, right right away in your gas meter that tells you points to which direction the gas cap is. I no, there is. I know. I did not you know didn't that. know it either mag told me she i was like wh- uh, like for, i was like where's where's the gas cap on this new car and i, I pulled in and she was like actually i just learned something she was like there's an arrow it's like right there it's like under the, the 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 gas meter and i was like holy shit i never knew that i can't tell you how many times i've cursed having to get out of my car look to see if i could see where the gas cap was and i had to turn around yeah there's an arrow you know, you, obviously like you, you, if you have a car it might be not something that you ever notice cuz you just you learn where your gas cap is and then you don't ever think about it again. But it happened to us all the time because we were renting cars. Absolutely incredible piece of information. I'd be interested to know how many of you out there knew that that existed. All right, next comment from a reader. Uh, this one is from OP data 4. He says fruit on pizza, I have to agree, it is disgusting garbage. If you've ever been to Des Moines, Iowa, Go to Fong's Pizza. It's Chinese food on pizza. This is the second time I'm reading this, and it's just as delicious sounding as the first. And you have to try the Crab Rangoon Pizza. Food Network rated it the best thing ever at You a Crab Rangoon guy?
1: Love it. Love it. Uh, Just hearing the words Crab Rangoon, I just gained like four pounds.
0: I'm just looking it up. Oh, God. Yeah. It looks good. It looks good um thank you for that uh someone who smartly agrees also that pineapple pizza is crazy town um the next one comes from sweatband who says pineapple pride i'll order a pineapple pizza at club applebee's i know we gotta get to bed here Berger, but you gotta tell everybody about club applebee's yeah. real quick
1: always okay so first of all this is joshua briscoe who is a, a hilarious character who does uh 810 radio in kansas city good friend used to do a podcast uh, at the Called Roughing the Kicker uh, on our head attic. So the story behind this is probably like April. He had me on the radio, and we started talking about all kinds of different food things. And we, it's kind of our stick. We get in this topic all the time. And so, so Club Applebee's is a real thing. It's based off, or not based off. It is the, the Applebee's restaurant that for a while. And I think they've stopped doing this, but they did it at like thirty or forty locations nationwide. They would shut down the restaurant, I think around 10 o'clock, shut it for an hour, change some stuff around the restaurant, clean it, I hope, whatever, and then they would reopen the restaurant at 11 o'clock as a nightclub, Club Applebee's, and I remember a buddy of mine, it was one of the locations was near where I grew up, and it was right down the road from my my friend, my best friend in high school, and we uh, (laughs) were driving around one night, I was probably 19, 20s in college. And we're seeing people like going into Applebee's Tuesday night on like a, at like midnight. Like, what the hell's going on at Applebee's? Like, they're still open? Nope. Turns out it's a nightclub. And we were just speechless. I remember that night, like, neither one of us could sleep. We were just laughing so hard, just talking about it. Like, man, can you believe, like, who the hell is going in there? And you just know. It's Joey, and he's you know, and he's 45, and he's in his affliction T-shirt, who's two sizes too small, and he's going in there to find Mrs. Wright, you know. And I wonder to myself, like, can you imagine? You you, know, you see your uncle, hey Joey, yeah, you got a new girlfriend? Yeah, where'd you meet her? Oh, I met her at Applebee's. A blind date? <laughs> no, met her at Club Applebee's. What? Yeah, like. Now, here's a here's a question. What is the divorce rate on that group of people? Right? It's gotta be something like 90%. It, I mean, bad. what I would rather tell somebody that I, I met my girlfriend or, you know, whatever, you know, wife. I I would rather be like, well, where'd you meet her? Uh, back alley in Brooklyn. Like, right. I feel like that has less shame and probably a better success rate. Just what what an unmitigated disaster.
0: Imagine being up at the altar and, and being like, yeah. I never forget the first time I saw Donna standing on the bar at Club Applebee's, drinking a Hurricane Breeze, dancing to, I don't know.
1: pour some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> remix to Ignition, something like that. Yeah. There's, there's great pictures. If you Google Club Applebee's, there's a Business Insider article, and they pulled pictures from YouTube videos And it's it's pretty much exactly what you would expect.
1: When I told Briscoe about this on the radio, he had never heard of it and he looked at it. He read part of that Business Insider article. And it's incredible. I'm not kidding. I've never been back in an Applebee since then because I'm so ashamed of what it tried to do and what it tried to become. Like, look, (laughs) you're you're a shitty chain restaurant. Just own it. It's fine. There's a million of them. Don't go being somebody you're not. And, and Applebee's went a bridge too far, even for me. So I, I, will, I will pass. I will head over to Red Lobster or Buffalo Wild Wings if I'm in the time of need.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like Applebee's will be sponsoring the podcast anytime soon. Speaking of chain restaurants, do you remember a place called Max and Irma's? I don't know if they even still exist now. They had them in no, Ohio.
1: No, I don't, no.
0: It, it, the, here's the thing about Max and Irma's. It was just like any other, like Applebee's, Chili's kind of place, generic, like American food. But they had an ice cream bar and a, and a bathtub. Like not in a gross way. It was just a bathtub sized ice cream bar. And, you know, go up and just, you, you order it and they give you a bowl and they're like, yeah, knock yourself out. Absolutely. Fantastic. Wow. I, okay. Once we get through this COVID stuff, ice cream bars need to make a comeback.
1: When we get through the COVID stuff. I, mean, I still, I, you know, I, I commute into Chicago for work. Now we will have to go and go to that cigar bar. And, uh, mm get a good cigar or two, and and frankly, I'm going to be blunt, it's 1 a.m., just get tanked. Just pick like a Friday (laughs) night, (laughs) and I'll just, listen, I'll I'll stay at a buddy, I'll I'll get a hotel, whatever, fine, doesn't matter. And uh, go down, maybe like the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and we're somehow through COVID at that point. I don't know that we quite will be, but if it it happens, like that's a good way to get it done.
0: Yeah, I think a, a great place to get COVID would be at a cigar bar like dry yeah. air <laughs> like people yes. puffing on stuff f- blowing. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and our last one, this one comes from Clint McKenzie, who, by the way, Clint, you are the winner of our pineapple pizza contest. You're going to be getting that Kansas city chief scarf and uh, glove. So thank you to everybody who, who participated. You can always leave us a, a review on Apple podcasts. That's what these folks did. They mentioned pineapple pizza. Even if you, even if you left us a review before, you can leave it again, and it will update when we're doing a contest. Uh, or if you have a question that you want us to answer on the podcast, uh, but Clint says, in accordance with Matt's request, I will add that pineapple on pizza is an affront to God Himself. It's disgusting and unnatural, somewhat akin to being a Raiders fan, and that's fantastic. And I, I want to just tell you all a quick story. When I was This was nine years ago. I wrote an article on Arrowhead Attic called Oakland Raiders fan arrested, which was not an uncommon occurrence. Um, And I just have to read you this. If your kids are in the room, this is a little bit explicit, not terrible. Uh, So I just wrote here, Raiders fans getting arrested isn't exactly a new phenomenon. Look at that. I'm making the same joke nine years later. But with all due respect to to, to, to the Oakland fan that stabbed the Chargers fan with a shank, you can look that up on YouTube, everybody. This might be the greatest of them all. I'm just going to read you. This is from the article. Lodi police arrested Sean Batty, 42, at 941 on Friday night after they said he was found under the influence of methamphetamines. Officers responded to a call in the area of Beckman Road, just north of Harney Lane, where a man later identified as Batty was found standing in the dirt next to a cemetery with a flashlight yelling in the dark. Police said that Batty was wearing an Oakland Raiders jacket, a g-string, and a hair scrunchie around his genitals. He was also wearing socks. <laughs> the socks are what makes it. <laughs> the person, but the person that wrote this article clearly knew what he was doing. Like he, he, he literally, or he or she, whoever wrote it, d- decided that like I'm going to put this this little button on this thing that he's wearing socks, an Oakland Raiders jersey a G string, a hair scrunchie around his genitals. this If you ever needed a PSA to not do drugs, that's it, right? You could, you could do these drugs and it might be fun or you could end up standing in a cemetery with a flashlight.
1: And and this is the chicken and egg conversation, right? Like (laughs) what came first, the drug use or being a Raiders fan?
0: (laughs) Right, right. Maybe,
1: maybe that drove him. Like, yeah, I I don't either way. Uh, (laughs) That's tough. That's a tough night. And even worse night, if you're the cop who finds that guy, right? Like, holy hell. Not uh, great. Not yeah. ideal.
0: Uh, absolutely one of my favorite stories of all time. Just absolutely incredible. Um, all right. That's it, guys. We, are it. we love you. It's 1 a.m. Central Time. We're going to go to bed. Uh, we had a lot more to say. We'll say it on Thursday. We'll be back. We'll preview Chiefs. Versus Dolphins, but hey, here we are, Kansas City, doing fantastic, leading the division, and uh, back. They in the haven't playoffs. lost a game. Yeah, they're back in the playoffs. They haven't lost a game in a calendar year. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. Well, they right. one. Yes, one game in a calendar year. My bad. Yeah. Doesn't feel like 21
1: that, and knows. one in the last 22. Yeah,
0: yeah, I knew the answer to that question. It's just uh, you know, I'm I am i am sleep deprived. Okay, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave those reviews for us on Apple Podcasts, the written reviews, they're really helpful. And um you ask us a question, we'll answer it on the podcast. All right, make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's at Matt Verderam. I'm at at R Patrick Allen. Please follow Matt Connor, the lead expert at Arrowhead Addict. He's an at @MattConnorAA, and of course follow at Arrowhead Addict. Thank you for listening. You guys are the best fans in the business. My name is Patrick Allen. He's Matt Berdaram. We'll see you on Thursday. I'm going to sleep now, but as always, go Chiefs. It's recording. Okay. All right, and we're coming down in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, addicts? Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm joined as always by Matt Verderam. Verderam, we just recorded an hour podcast and I'm an idiot and I thought I hit record and I must have not hit record. And so you guys missed some really great quality content. I'd like to apologize to my co-host, Matt Verram for, for screwing up. Uh, yeah, didn't have as bad of a night as Drew Locke though
1: yeah listen it's fine it happens at least we can do it again and, it, and it's not a big problem where Lock can't do it again he's terrible and they're four and eights
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it